0: Welcome, listeners, to our second podcast today, and uh, we have a great um, guest that we're going to introduce. Jen's going to introduce to us today.
1: Yes, hi, everybody, and thanks for coming back to check out what we have going on this week. So, it's my distinct pleasure to introduce you to Ryan Percival, who is an investor from the Durham region down south in Ontario. That actually him and I have a pretty interesting backstory of how we came to to meet and and work together. So Ryan came to me as a client about a year ago, actually just about a year ago, um, through another agent in my office. So Ryan and I connected um, on a phone call, and we kind of figured out that we were on the same page with a lot of things right off the hop. Mm -hmm. And um, we've had a really fun year together connecting and um, talking real estate and different strategies and different ways to um, to do things and what some goals are and some planning and some motions of getting his portfolio started and growing. So we wanna keep this as real as possible. Ryan has this fantastic story about where he's at, how he got there and where he wants to go. So. Um, we think it's a, a fantastic idea that he's here to share. And we're thankful that he agreed to do this, uh, <laughs> even though we're still kind of growing and learning and figuring it out. So thanks, Ryan, for being here. We uh, we couldn't be happier to chat.
2: Awesome. Thanks for having me. I'm excited.
1: Right on. Okay. So why don't we um, talk a little bit to kind of where were you a year ago when we first met and, uh, and connected and you were looking um, for a realtor? and you were interested in investing in the sudbury area so where did it go from there
2: okay yeah about a year ago well i had always listened to a bunch of real estate stuff and i kind of always had a bit of an idea or an itch that maybe i was going to want to invest in real estate um i just didn't really know what i was going to do how i was going to do it and whatnot but I think I ended up reaching out to you eventually in Sudbury because people were talking about Sudbury saying it's a hotter market so I was just started poking my head around and then we had a great conversation there right off the hop. Uh, we started shopping around a little bit. Um, nothing, Nothing really clicked. We had some stuff going on but nothing really clicked and then uh we ended up getting into that vacant lot there which was kind of a surprise as well but we figured we'd look into it buy some land and just see what happens and then over the next year or so it was pretty exciting um we got that lot and then um I knew I still wanted to grow the portfolio because I had I had a property in Kingston which I kind of tripped into and we can talk about it as well but then I had that property but I was hearing everyone on podcasts and talking to you guys about all your units, and I'm just thinking, how is everyone doing this? Uh, I have no idea how people are doing this, but talked to everyone, read some books and everything. And then I ended up uh, refinancing my Kingston property uh, to get the ball rolling. And that's when, obviously, I first met Mike and Leanne here, and they helped me out a lot with that. And then I just started growing. Um, Like I said, I didn't really know how to do it or how people were doing it. But I just knew that some way someone was doing it. And I wanted to figure (laughs) out how and luckily connected with you guys and you guys were able to get me on my way a little bit.
0: Good. So what's your what's you? um, We know your Kingston property, um, but that's not the only one. So which what property was first and how did that all come about?
2: So So actually, Kingston was my first property. So I was working out there at the time. Uh, I was on a job there at a power plant, making good money. Everything was going well. And then everyone kind of said like, oh, buy a house, buy a house. It's good, blah, blah, blah. And I just, to be honest, I just kind of did it because it was the thing to do. And I had the money and just said I'd figure it out one way or another. And then I was there living at that house for about a year or so. And then suddenly some things had changed with the job and and next thing you know, I was like, they're like, oh, well, you got to be back in Toronto next week. And I was like, oh, man, like, all right, then let me figure this out. <laughs> so then luckily found a property manager out there. We got the place tenanted pretty quickly. And then I was like, well, I talked to the family, I was like, well, I'll, I'll just keep the place. I'll rent it for a little bit and then I'll just sell it because I'm not living there. So I'm not, I'm not going to keep it because what's that all about? <laughs> and then. Over the next few months after that, I was at home and then I started, it all kind of started clicking because I was like, well, the tenants are paying everything down. Tenants are happy. We're happy. Everything's happy. And then at the same time, the value of the property is going up. And then that's when I started thinking that maybe, maybe I could do something with that. But then, so then after that, I refinanced the Kingston property for the first time and mm-hmm. I bought my primary residence in Bowmanville. And then that's when it really started clicking. I was like, wow, like this, I only had to put money down the first time to buy the the (laughs) Kingston property, but now because of that, I was able to buy two properties. I'm like, wow, this could, this could work. This could be something here. So then I started diving into all the podcasts, the books and networking and talking. And then uh, one thing led to the next and we've grown a little bit here now. So I refinanced again through you guys, which was awesome Mm -hmm. for on the Kingston property. And now... Where's a couple accepted offers on some New Brunswick properties. So that one little investment at the start when I didn't really know what I was doing. And here we are with, I guess, four properties later, a few rental doors and hopefully keep on growing.
1: Isn't that so funny? eh? And I know we've had the conversation so many times. Most of us, when we started, had no idea what we were doing. Right. (laughs) And we just kind of had some lofty goals and we figured that this would work if we did it right. And you know what? We just we kind of did the best we could and and figured it out. So Absolutely.
3: I I think I think a lot about it. Uh, a lot of it is about mitigating your risks and uh, taking calculated risks. Like buying your property in Kingston. That was good. It was a good fit at the time because you were working there and holding the property. Once you left, you uh, you decided and you you were able to realize that the tenants were paying for the uh, mortgage and. Paying everything off, so you're able to uh, hold on to the property. Oh yeah,
2: that was that was probably the best decision I've ever made from an investing standpoint, for sure. And like for I said, sure, and in have, a really
1: hot market too, right? Absolutely. So your value growth is going to be kind of hard and fast in a market like oh, that, yeah, for it's, sure.
2: It's grown like crazy. I bought it. I got that when this was a brand new unit, uh, semi-detached. and I bought it for three seventy-five, and now we just recently reappraised mm-hmm. it at six ten. So it's over the last couple of years, it's gone up. An extreme yeah, amount but far. i'm so fortunate and you know, like i said best decision i ever made because that's that's what got the ball rolling and i didn't even know it was going to at the time but it just i guess things happen for <laughs> one reason and, and one thing leads to the next and then you're you're rolling and it just it just seems a little bit easier every time too because at this time i was so nervous and like well things better work out oh blah, well blah, blah. i have this big mortgage and what am i going to do and this, and i'm not even living here and then i bought the second place like my Bowmanville house and then i was like oh my god. I have two mortgages now this is getting crazy <laughs> but just from talking with everyone uh, I was able to calm myself down and realize that this actually is a good strategy and a lot of people are doing it and like like uh, Steph says as long as you understand some of the risk and it's all calculated risks and you go about it and you just figure it out and you figure it out as it comes and all the problems and all the successes and it just happens
1: Well, and that's, that's really important too, because we like to, um, we've had talks repeatedly about biggest challenges, biggest, biggest successes. So you're in, you're at that growth part, right? Where you're, you're just kind of, you're poised and it's, it's, it's all happening quickly and it's all kind of clicking together. Mm -hmm. But to get here so far, what do you find has been your biggest struggle? Um, and I I know that we've had conversations over the last year, many times over Mm -hmm. what's not right or what's, you know what I mean? What's problematic or what's kind of tying you up a little bit and, Mm -hmm. and how did you kind of get through that part of it?
2: Yeah. Uh, it wasn't straightforward as, as it sounds for sure. Um, there, there was a lot of setbacks here and there. Um, for example, let's say, let's say, so everything was kind of smooth at the start. I bought the property, Everything went well there in Kingston. Uh, I bought my primary residence, but then after that, I remember my my mortgage agent was like, "Okay, well, you're done now. Like, uh, take it easy for a while. You have your rental property, you have your primary residence, and then she actually said she wasn't going to do another mortgage for me for a while." So I was like, "Well, I guess I'm capped out, and at least I have one property. I'm doing okay." And then that was kind of that 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 stuck with me for a while because I have someone who's very good at her job and she's a professional and everything is good but she's telling me that I'm done I'm like well okay but then like I said I started listening and talking to people I'm like well how is it that I'm done after two properties I know I have a good (laughs) job and everything's going well and how come I'm done but everybody else has multiples and multiples so then that's when I started searching around a little bit and I found another uh mortgage agent as well with the same bank there and then we kind of went through the process and unfortunately once again it just it just didn't work out and then i was i was told again no like you're done you're gonna have to wait a while and then i kind of got demotivated a little bit i'm like well i keep trying and then every single everyone's telling me no so there must be a reason for it and i guess i guess i'm done for now but then the main thing too is to just there's always a way there's always some there's always a way you can do it there's people to talk to and there's people who have different strategies and everything and then luckily I, I stumbled across Mike and Leanne, and then they were able to point me in another direction and, and restructure the fi- the finances here and, and get things rolling. So I'm glad I didn't give up after the first few no's and just kept going because <laughs> I wouldn't have these properties that just acquired over the last few weeks without it. So I guess yeah, just then, keep on pushing because there's always a way.
0: And um, Mike can attest that was exactly our problem when we entered into the real estate world was exactly what you went through. That the banker said no.
4: Yeah. And we had we thought it was a you know a, a fantastic uh mortgage agent and he worked some magic for us. And then it was like, no, you guys are done, right? And we kind of sat down with that, okay, I guess we're done. Um mm-hmm. same thing, you hear, you hear. We started digging around and getting hold of a few people, and then somebody else was like, Oh no, we can get you a couple more, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's again, it's really key getting hold of the right people and and having those mm-hmm. those proper plans. So Uh, and then we went into the business (laughs)
3: yeah
4: Yeah, and that was kind of a driving factor for us um Mm -hmm. just so that we could help people through those those Mm -hmm. processes and you know have them look at look at you know files differently Mm -hmm. and have them understand what is possible so absolutely Um, yeah i wanted to ask you it sounds like you're a busy guy obviously uh (laughs) you're very successful at your job and yeah, how do you manage your time you know i i know you have a very demanding schedule you work a lot of overtime you travel yeah. a lot to work what's uh <laughs> um, how do you stay organized and how do you you know work through all of this
2: yeah it's it's overloading a lot at times uh like i said there's a lot of hours there's a lot of overtime um and it's easy like said, it's easy to get demotivated especially when you work in these long hours and all you want to do is come back and sleep but I guess what keeps me, mo- it's just motivation and it keeps me motivated knowing that there's no one else that's going to do this for me. I, the only way that I'm going to be successful or going to be where I want to be is to put in the hours and to put in the work. So a lot of the time you get home from work and you're exhausted, but I'm like, "Uh, let me just at least do something. Let me just roam MLS for a while, or maybe I'll have a little conversation with Jen or she'll re-motivate me and just keep pushing because it does get tough. And and you you have to keep you have to stay organized for sure. But I think motivation is the main driving factor because at the end of the day, like I said, nobody else is going to do it for you. It's, it's all on you. And if you don't do it, then that's the life that you're paving for yourself. So I just try to stay motivated, and it helps a lot having a team in place too. Because there's you guys are awesome. Um, you have a property manager; they handle a lot of everything. So when you have your team in place, it makes it a lot easier to get things done. Because we we can't all do it by ourselves. That's for sure. But motivation is probably the main thing,
1: <laughs> and it's tough, right? It's tough to stay motivated all the time because I mean, you you run into stumbling blocks and you you get into ruts and and you get busy and life gets in the way and you have all this other stuff that you're kind of taking care of that real estate will sometimes kind of take a back backseat, and it's easy to to just say, oh, you know, I'll get to that like next week or I'll just you know what I don't have time this week I'll just I'll get to that later, and then all of a sudden later turns into a weekend, a week, a month. <laughs> A season you know and all of a sudden you kind of look and go oh my gosh like i've lost so much time because i haven't stayed motivated so i know for steph and i um linking in with mike and leanne has been a great motivating force for us because um the conversation is always really uh geared towards mindset and goals and where mm-hmm. we're going and and mm-hmm. how those little steps are are kind of what's working hard to get us there not those great big steps that don't happen often. It's the the cumulative little steps that all of a Absolutely. sudden you kind of look back and go, oh my gosh, look at how far we've come. And I know too, in, in the year that we've been connected with Ryan, you've been a fantastic cheerleader for us. And on the days where, you know what, I get down and I get lost in the details of, You know, property managers and lawyers and tenant issues and and all that kind of stuff. And you like you'll look at us and go, Oh my God, but look at how far you've come and what you've got. And it's like, oh my God, you're right. Like I need to kind of be able to refocus and and look at that part of it and and look at how far we've come in a year.
2: I think I think that's important too. I think it's I think it's important to stay, stay detailed and look at all the details as you're going every day but i think it's also important to once in a while just just look back and see where you started and where you came from because it's very easy to have a few days okay things are not going well with the property we got renovations and nothing's going well and this and that, or maybe a, a tenant's given us troubles or we've left but at the end of the day um it's it's easy to quickly get caught up in that circle but then if you can just mm-hmm. take a step back i think and look at where you've really come you, you'd be pretty proud of yourself. And I think that's also very important too at the end of the day.
3: Yeah, yeah I couldn't agree more. It helps, it helps you keep things in perspective. And uh, ultimately, when you look back, like you say, Ryan, you can count on one hand how many bad days you have mm-hmm. as opposed to how many good days. But it's always the bad days that you, for some reason or other, you want to dwell on. Yeah. But looking back and taking stock of what you have really keeps things in a, pers- in a perspective for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Couldn't agree no, more. it's
1: fantastic. So just looking back at your last year, Ryan, can you think of any, or can you pinpoint any decision that you made that you wish you could have made differently? Like, is there anything, if you could go back and change it, what would you change?
2: Hmm. That's a good question. Let's see. Huh
1: like I, I know say. we had we had the adventures with the lots and mm-hmm. um a couple of choices with those and and that 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 kind of switched up as we went now you've got uh, you, you went through a really big refinance you've yes. got new brunswick kind of on your horizons now is mm-hmm. there anything that you would have done differently if you could go back or do you think maybe- that
2: I'm not, I'm not sure if i'm not sure if I would have done anything too differently to be honest with you I feel like maybe there was better decisions that could have been made but i think at the end of the day we are where we are and we're supposed to be here like maybe I don't know maybe well first off I wish I would have connected with mike and land a year ago as well and we could have got the ball rolling and got things restructured with my personal mortgage that i had and and, and get things done right uh, that would have been a big help but at the same time like I said like You kind of need to go through what you go through to to grow at the end of the day. So I don't know if I would have done anything differently per se, maybe explored other markets because I think I was very caught up in, first of all, having a place near me or having a place in Ontario for one. And I wasn't even really thinking about other provinces because, oh my God, I'm not going to drive to New Brunswick and all that kind of stuff, but maybe explore other opportunities and just keep an open mind. Um, but like I said, that's all part of growing and you learn that as you go. And, and it, it, it forms you to who you are as an investor at the same time. So,
1: Oh, hundred well, percent. Maybe you yep. could have done
2: some, I could have maybe made some better choices, but at the end of the day, it all, it's all working out and you just got to keep your foot on the pedal and, and keep on going. Yeah,
0: I think and it I makes it. you stronger, right? Learning all the, the mistakes and it makes you stronger and it makes, it forces you to, to get out of your comfort zone and learn and, and move and grow. Absolutely. So, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah at least and you're doing
4: you know, something, right? You're yeah. taking action. You're taking action, right? So yeah, important. No,
1: and, and that's that's where the change, that's where it, it starts, right? And it might not look like you think it's supposed to look, or it might not feel like you think it's supposed to feel, but ultimately it's what drives you to, it's different, right? And it, it that's what grows you.
2: A big a big one too, actually, that which sticks with me now, uh, is the conversation we actually had just a few weeks ago there. Uh, where you kind of you kind of got me you kind of pulled me out of the rut you're like okay come on man let's do something because I remember because I don't know we completed the refinance a few months ago and then I I just got into this web I was just searching MLS and I was just drowning in MLS and evaluating every mm-hmm. single deal which is great like which is great experience you have to do that I think you have to go through that to understand your numbers and to understand your markets and evaluate everything But I was, I just, I was just going in circles and it was one property after the next. And then I'd see a property and like, oh, that's okay. But then I had this idea. Oh, I could do better. I could find something better. I can always, I can find something better. And you just start spinning and you go through all these motions. And I was talking with Jen and I, we just started talking. I was like, well, I've been looking at properties for months and I've still landed on nothing. And that, and Jen's just really just basically told me to pull the trigger because and she pulled me right out. It's like, you could do this forever and get caught up in the MLS and off market deals and evaluating everything and then still have nothing. So I think, I think it, it can be a nerve wracking thing to pull the trigger, but at the end of the day, it could be one of the best decisions you've made. And then ever since I first pulled that trigger, now we have another property coming as well and we're just growing. So thankfully you pulled me out of that, that little <laughs> rut there, but I think that's <laughs> that's good for people to understand that it's good to evaluate. It's good to go through those motions, but at some point yep. in time, you're going to have to pull the trigger and you're just going to have to take the lead. And at the end of the day, just figure it out. Even if it doesn't work and you pull the trigger and you buy a property and it just goes south, it just tanks, but there's no other way to learn. So at the end of the day, you just, you just got to go for it and, and just yeah. figure it out, talk to people, yeah. network, and just find a way to get it done at the end of the day. I love well, it. You were-
4: you were talking about uh analyzing properties and i tell you if if we bought every property that we analyzed i think we'd have six thousand buildings <laughs> like <laughs> it, it can get discouraging right you're looking you absolutely, look. yeah. absolutely. So, no, yeah.
0: and, I, and i tell mike that all the time too like quit quit analyzing just holy man we are just we gotta go <laughs> yeah. just yeah. pick yeah. one cool.
2: <laughs> absolutely so, and i have a, i have a couple buddies that i talk to as well um and they're kind of in the same boat, but you you go through all the processes, like everyone else, you read the books, you read the podcast, like you have a, you have an understanding, you have your network, you have your team. Um, just do it. Like, what do you, like, what are you waiting for? Everyone's waiting for the market crash and this and that, which could be very, could be valid here and there. But at the same time, there, there has to come a time when you just, you just go for it because you're going to have all this equity or you're going to have all this money mm-hmm. sitting aside, waiting for the perfect deal. But in that whole time frame, you've just passed up on three or four that would have been great for you. And then six months later, a year later, you're still searching. And that deal that was just okay before could now be worth so much more. And then you can keep yeah. growing your whole portfolio. So it, it might have just seemed okay at the time. Maybe it wasn't a home run, but then that turned into a home run later on without even knowing it. So
1: that's right. And that's I mean, really in that time frame. Yeah. That time frame, like if you waited six months or a year, now you look back and you've missed out on that six months or a year of cash flow, whether it was great or, or maybe not great, it was still cash flow, that equity build, you're paying down your mortgage, you know, Absolutely. you're like a, a year is a long time, especially in a market like what's what today's market is like. Mm-hmm. Um, but take the hot market aside. And even five years ago, when the market wasn't as crazy as it is now, you still would have had cash flow every month, you still would have had that equity build, you still would have had that mortgage pay down, and you're that much further ahead than you would have been doing nothing. Absolutely. Right? And that's, and those are conversations I have with buyers all the time that are really hesitant. And it's like, and and you know what, they, they, they're they hesitant for lots of different reasons, right? But a lot of it is kind of that analysis paralysis is they, mm-hmm. they get into that and they just, they can't choose because they have, they're looking at the same thing every day. And like mm-hmm. you, they get caught up in that, I can do better, I can do better, I can do mm-hmm. better. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden you realize six months or a year has gone by and you're no further ahead than you were. Mm-hmm. Whereas Nothing. if you would have taken the deal that wasn't amazing, you would mm-hmm. at least be that much further ahead.
2: Absolutely. And then also, too, if I, think it's important, I think it's important to study everything and know your numbers. But you also need to be a little creative because I think there's a lot of young guys like myself, too, who are trying to buy their first house. And they're saying, well, I'll just wait or I'll wait a year and I'm going to save up some more money or wait two years and then I'll move out. But a friend of mine actually, uh, we were having this conversation, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm going to buy a house in a couple of years. Like, I can afford something, but I don't, I don't have enough to buy like where I want." But then that's when we got in the conversation. Like, if you can afford something now, it doesn't need to be any sort of forever home or anything like that. Like, look at other markets. Look at the what, the Sarnia's and the Sudbury's and they're out east and stuff like that. Look at those markets. And if you're going to stay at home for two years anyways, maybe you buy a place rent that out for a couple of years, gain the equity because it's tough for uh, us these days. Like our wages are not going to keep up with inflation and Mm -hmm. then, and the market increases. So buy something that possibly will like a, like a property that can keep up with the market and everything else going on. So buy a property, rent it for a while and then pull that equity and then go buy the place that you want to live in, in two years, if that was your plan anyways. So I think, I think it's important to also be creative and to also, to look ahead and just and understand where you want to go and how you can get there, because a lot of people are caught up in this straightforward line, but there's so many different ways to do it, and you could be more successful in the end as well.
0: Great. I think it's, um, I think it's honestly incredible. I mean, we were talking uh, before; you're the age of 25. I mean, how 22. many 25-year-olds have accomplished yeah. what you have accomplished? I mean, to me, that's incredible and i i hope our kids do that at the age of 25 too and and keep doing that so i uh, kudos to you for powering through and having that vision to to want more and to be successful and like
1: you are going to do amazing things yeah appreciate yep. that i just uh, i can't even imagine once you're our age where you're going to be you know what i mean yeah. like hopefully we're all on a uh, beach 30, somewhere right yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah no so why like,
4: don't i why don't I take us into the next, uh, the next little set there. We'll do some lightning questions for Ryan. Okay, we'll get them uh, all pumped up. So uh, what let's are uh, just quick answers? Uh, what are three things you can't live without?
2: Three things I can't live without. Okay. I like, I like my beer. I like my Corona's. Um, <laughs> I like, I love pizza. I love pizza and uh, family, friends. I think you need all those. I think you need all three. And if you got all three, you're happy. So family That's and friends. Nice. Pizza and beer,
3: and and life is good.
0: (laughs) No, and you're right with the support, right?
3: For sure. I'll fire off with the next one. If you could go back in time, what would you change about your journey?
2: Oh, about the journey. Uh, uh, From an investing standpoint, I think maybe just start start earlier, start networking earlier, and and build up that portfolio from the start. Like I said, I got lucky where I kind of just tripped into it, but – Maybe if I had started earlier, was thinking about it earlier, we could have done things differently and accelerated it. So maybe just if I was to do things differently, just start thinking about investing earlier on in college and and those days, because nobody really talks about that stuff. But I think if you start earlier, then you're setting yourself up for success.
1: And that's so funny, says like a 25 year old. Right. Yeah. So, like uh, yeah. <laughs> earlier is not a very big window for you. Um, you
3: started earlier, like grade twelve. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, no, and, in grade
1: eight,
2: they never talk about this stuff in grade eight. Yeah.
3: <laughs> financial no. literacy,
1: and you know what, we have that talk all the time, right? Just about financial literacy with our kids, and 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 investing, and being creative about it, and and kind of learning how to do something like this to supplement what your job is. Um, because guess what? You might wake up one day and be 30 and hate your job and want to do something else. Mm -hmm. And if you're locked into that make money, pay bills cycle, you know what I mean? You, You can't really get off of that wheel. But if you have a little bit of a portfolio, a little bit of that creative thinking, a little bit of that financial literacy support around you, then it becomes really simple to kind of create some options and opportunities if your situation or your mindset changes down your road. The thing
2: is too, no one ever really talks about it because everyone's, everyone's going down the path and they go through schooling and you learn all your history and your geography, but no one ever talks about the financials and the investing. And then you kind of just have to figure it out on your own if you're lucky, or maybe you have a support group who's doing the same thing and you guys talk about it, but nobody really talks about it, like throughout your high school years and college. But I think it's important. And then a big thing too, Mm -hmm. is that everyone has this myth that the only way to invest in let's say real estate is to have a hundred grand sitting in the bank, but that's not really the case. Like if you have if you have ten fifteen thousand dollars, well maybe you you link up with someone who's doing it and maybe they need some renovation money and you look at some sort of a lending structure. Like there's many ways to invest in real estate without needing the hundred thousand dollars that everyone thinks you need before you can do anything or any sort of JV right. partnership like a joint venture. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. if people are learning and talking about this stuff early on in their high school years or college years. I had, I had money in college I, that I just sat on and I I blew it at the bars and everything else. But maybe if I was to go back, just think about it because maybe that 10 grand I could have lent that to someone and turn it into 20 grand and got the ball rolling right off the hop. So maybe that's another thing I would have done back, back, back then. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. All right. Next. No, and that's, oh. that's great perspective too.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So what is the most important piece of information you can share Uh, to our listeners with respect to the real estate investing to help others.
2: To help others. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's see. There's so much, there's so much to talk about. Um,
0: (laughs) Just a quick snippet, just something quick.
2: Yeah. I'd say, like I said, just, just do it. I don't, I don't know how else to say it. Like there's just start, start reading, start educating yourself and just, just do it. Um, talk to people cause we could go on and on about all this different advice, but talk to people, build a network, get people that are going to keep you motivated and build your team and then just start finding a way, a way to do it. Really. That's my only really piece of advice. And maybe if someone had told me to do that a while ago, maybe it would have been accelerated, but I'm happy. But if I was to give any advice, just, just do it, educate yourself and just, and just go for it. Really.
1: Awesome. Okay, so last little lightning round question: um, What markets do you see yourself looking at in ten years, or where do you think you'll see yourself in ten years?
2: That's a good question, actually. Um, to be, I think, I think you can make it work in almost in almost any market, really. I'm going to continue to explore out east, the New Brunswick properties that we got, because I think there's a lot of potential out east, and it hasn't reached its peak yet. So I think I think it's a little bit tougher in some areas of Ontario, and that's not to demotivate anyone or say that it's not possible. I think it is still possible, but I think uh, markets that have not yet peaked or or reached their full potential, like the markets like Outies, New Brunswick, and the Nova Scotias, and or maybe even out west and in an Edmonton or Calgary area. I think there's a lot of potential in those markets for for multi units or even maybe future development, condo development, apartment buildings, and all things that. So. I think I'll continue to explore those markets over the next few years and then 10 years down the line, hopefully a portfolio which is paying for itself and sustaining itself and we can all be sipping sipping something on the beach somewhere one day and not (laughs) worrying about the day-to-day so much.
0: So maybe not even working in 10 years from now is what you're saying.
2: That could be good. So keep trucking along and we'll see see what happens in 10 years. Um, It's exciting to think about, but... It's also important just to, to worry about the next day and what you got to do next. So yeah, that's where I I'm at
1: right now. I think that's wonderful. And that, that actually reminds me, and it was something that Mike had said earlier. So Mike, I'm going to steal your thought a little bit. And I'm going to ask Ryan, because we do have a couple of minutes left. Um, like you're 25 years old, Ryan. You have a good job, right? Like you work crazy hours. You travel a fair bit. But you're making great money. You You're doing something that you went to school for. What was going on that even made you look at investing as something to do? Like, like Leanne was saying earlier, like there aren't a lot of guys your age that are as motivated and as, um, as forward thinking as you are with something like this. So, you know what I mean? You were, you're young, you're fun, you're, you're in your twenties, you're doing all the stuff that 20 year olds are supposed to be doing. you got a great job. You're making good cash. Why invest? Like what, yeah. what, like so, what motivated you there? Where did that come from?
2: That's a good question too. Um, to be honest, yes, good job. Everything's paying well. It's easy to say to be happy and content, and a lot of people are, and, and I don't blame them. Everything is going well. But I think what stuck with me was I realized that everything is good now. I'm making good money, but what's going to, what's going to happen when I want to retire? First off, I don't I don't want to be working late into my year, still working because I have to. So that was one driving factor. So what is it that I can do now that can set me free? at least for retirement so that I can retire at a decent age. I can enjoy the rest of my life and I'm not worrying about the day-to-day money and where's my next paycheck coming from and, and worrying about a pension from a previous company or anything like that. I want it to be fully sustained on my own. And then I also realized too, that I'm, I'm, I'm working a lot. I'm making good money, but at the same time, I don't know if I want to work a lot. I don't want to work the, these crazy (laughs) hours for the rest of my life and then missing maybe future kids hockey games soccer games and everything that comes with that like you want to be you do everything you do so that you can enjoy your life and you can be happy but you can't you can't actually enjoy your life or spend the money if you're working all the time so I think that was the biggest driving factor was that I needed to find a way to create some sort of passive income that can allow me to live the life that I want to live in the near future and especially way down the road when I'm looking at retiring and just relaxing so I knew that I was good now and everything was going well now, but it wasn't, it wasn't going to set me up for what I really wanted here in the, in the future. So I think that's, was the main driving factor.
4: Right. Trading, love trading love time that. for money. Right. There's only so Absolutely. much time. And... Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I think that's wonderful. Awesome. Anything else you guys have anything else you want to ask Ryan or that we think he should uh, touch on that we haven't gotten already. I think, yeah, yeah, I think that yeah. was fantastic. I he, and I hope he
0: inspired, yeah. the story inspires a lot of young people to to just do it. And I mean, yeah, get out yeah. of your comfort zones and just, and look to the future. And that's, to me, that's incredible to hear you, you saying, like, I'm looking at retirement already at that age. And mm-hmm. I mean, I remember mm-hmm. me being that age and retirement <laughs> seemed so far away and I'd really didn't care. So <laughs> to have that mindset, right now is virtually to me is just mind blowing incredible. <laughs> yeah,
4: and to hear it know, too when I hear
0: potential it potential is crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: yeah. And when I hear it, I hear um, hey, you have you went to school, you got a good education, now mm-hmm. you got a good job and you know you got a pension and you're making good money and you think that's what everybody's striving for. But mm-hmm. it, like, you know, a little bit of you know my story, like I had that, right? I had that fantastic job and you, I went to a meeting mm-hmm. and then I, I didn't have that anymore, right? Wow. So it's yeah. you just you just never know where you're gonna be. Mm-hmm. So I'm so glad to hear that you're you know taking steps and setting yourself up.
2: Absolutely, and that's what everyone thinks too. Everyone thinks that they want they want to get their job, get a college, get a great job, and everything everything is good. But then you start going through those motions, and you're like, is this gonna be it forever? Like, or is there something more for me? Like, is there something yeah, sure. better for me? So I think that's yeah. the main thing. And like I said, if I was to say anything to to anyone thinking about investing or like young guys girls, everything, thinking about investing, like just start talking to people, like start networking because then so many things are possible without even knowing it. So I think a lot of people just from talking to friends and everyone, people my age and whatnot, everyone's kind of got some money. They're thinking, oh, maybe I'll invest in real estate or maybe I'll do this and that. It doesn't have to be real estate. It could be any sort of stocks or the stock market anything else that you want to invest in. But everyone's like, oh, I might do that. Yeah, later on, I'll just, I'll get things sorted out for a while. but. But then a few years go by, you've missed so many opportunities and you could have got in at certain times. So I think it's important to just just start having the conversations, even if you only have a few bucks, five thousand, hundred bucks, whatever it is, like just start having those conversations. And the next thing you know, there's going to be a lot of possibilities that you weren't even aware of before. So that would be my one big takeaway and advice for people my age is just, just start talking to people and 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 start looking into it because there's more out there than what you understand right now.
1: No, and I think that's going to be incredibly inspiring to a lot of people young and older that mm-hmm. are that are going to listen and, and that are going to watch this and that want to be part of this this kind of investing life mm-hmm. and there's so much good information there honestly. So Absolutely. um I think no, and I, I think add, that's, no. I was just going
4: to add two and where can people find you Ryan like uh mm-hmm. your social media what uh, what's the best yeah. way to say if somebody was inspired and want to get a hold of you, what's the best way or they uh, want best, to best way is
2: it? probably Instagram right now. Um, Instagram for sure. Uh, I don't even know what my, what my Instagram <laughs> is here. Um, <laughs> we can, maybe we can put it in, in the comments here or something, or I'll tell you yeah. Ry, uh, Ryan underscore Percival. So R Y A N underscore Percival P E R C I V A L. So if anyone right wants on. to talk young investors, anyone wants to talk or chat or just, maybe they're thinking about it they don't know how or if it's possible or if they should wait and i'm always open to have the conversation and share some experiences and i'm still learning i'm still at the very beginning stages but i've gotten the ball rolling and i've done a lot of done a lot of talking over the last couple of years here and if anyone wants to talk and i'm happy to share happy to share anything
1: Oh, that's wonderful. And mm-hmm. I think you're at such a great part in your story. You're going to make for a great return visit. Give it a month, give it two months, maybe yeah. give it three months, and we'll have you back and have a conversation again to Absolutely. see what, what's happened and kind of where you're headed. Because I think that there's lots of really wonderful things uh, coming for you. Like, how can uh, there not be? You're 25 and you're you're so driven. I'm and super excited. Uh, yeah, yep. we're super excited to see it happen, right? Awesome. So we, we can't wait. So on that note, if uh, if we're done and we're ready to wrap it up, uh, I just again, Ryan, thank you so much for joining us tonight and being willing to share your story. I think it was wonderful to hear all of your examples and um, all of your roadblocks and your stumbles and your successes and the direction that you're heading. Um, we can't wait to to see where you go and 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 just listen to to more of where you're at. And uh, on that note, I guess we're done and we look forward to coming back again next time um, with another awesome guest to share their story (laughs) and um, bring perspective to what this investing journey is all about.
4: Yeah. So thanks for keeping it real.
1: Right on. That's what we do here. Okay. Right on, guys. We'll talk to you next time. Talk to you later. Bye bye.
4: Bye.